Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. Today we're talking about relaxing during the holidays. The holidays are one of those things that are really fun a lot of times, um, but they also come with a lot of stress. So it's important during the holidays, not even just for your weight loss, um, not just for your weight loss, but also for your happiness and satisfaction and enjoyment of the season uh, to get the most out of it. Making relaxation a focus of yours is one of the best things you can do. Um, and of course, it's also going to help you make better food choices. So what are some of the easy ways to relax? When you think about relaxation, the first thing you want to understand is that relaxing and relaxation um, are skills and they may be skills that you have not developed. And so I could tell you as someone who was not relaxed when I originally started working on it, it's something you can get better at. And so don't worry if you're not good at relaxing now, because the more you practice it, the better you become. And if you keep practicing, it's guaranteed that you're going to get better. So when we talk about relaxation, there's really two ways we want to relax ourselves. The first one is we want to go at our bodies. Okay, so we always start with our physiology, what's going on in our body, and then we follow it up by what's going on in our mind. And so one of the most powerful ways I know to relax in a deep, deep way. So again, you want to do this out of time. Not necessarily right now, I'll explain it to you, but later tonight or something, when you get a few minutes alone, this is when you want to do it. So the first thing you're doing when you check on your body is you want to check on your posture, right? Now you don't have to be really straight up, but you want to align yourself so you're up, so you're not compressing muscles, compressing organs, because that creates tension in the system. So the first thing we do is kind of align ourselves, get ourselves comfortable. So we're sitting up straight so we can relax. The next thing we do is go into the muscles, right? We start relaxing everything. Relax the face, relax the neck, the shoulders, chest, and stomach. Let all of that relax. And then finally we go into the breathing. Okay, so it's posture, relax muscles, posture muscles, breathing. And when we go into the breathing, what we're looking to do <clears throat> is to inhale and exhale more completely. Okay, so we're not going to start with the take a deep breath in, where, which is where a lot of people start. What we're going to do is we're going to catch ourselves wherever we're at. And with a relaxed body and proper posture, we're going to exhale the air out of our lungs comfortably. So we actually start with the exhale and we slowly let the air out of our lungs, ideally through the nose and let it happen naturally and comfortably. And then follow it up with the inhale. Now, when you're focusing on this, you want to keep your attention on keeping your stomach, chest, shoulders relaxed and exhaling the air out. And then when the inhale happens, you don't really need to focus on the inhale. While you're inhaling, focus on keeping your muscles relaxed. Because if your muscles are tight, you can't breathe properly. Right? You can test out right now. If you tighten all your muscles up and try and take a deep breath, you can't right? Because the muscles constrict your lungs and they can't expand. So we want to posture, relax the muscles and begin breathing more deeply, more rhythmically. So once we have that down, now we want to go into our mind and we want to influence that. And one of the easiest ways to influence your mind to become more relaxed is to remember a time in your life when you felt relaxed. And one of the most common situations where people have relaxed is at the beach. So I will use that as an example, although it could literally be anything. You could just bring yourself through the exact same process. So once we have our body relaxed, we're breathing more fully, more calmly, more deeply. We start remembering a time when we relaxed and I'm thinking back to the beach. And what we're going to do is we're going to cycle through what we saw, what we heard, what we felt, and then bring that feeling into our body. Okay, so now we're using our body and now we're using our mind. And so if you remember a time when you've been at the beach, if you've ever been to the beach, you can think of another time when you felt relaxed. 
the first thing you want to do is remember what you saw. So when I think back to the beach, I remember seeing the ocean, I'm watching the waves, seeing the seagulls flying around, seeing umbrellas on the sand, you know, people. So I go back and I remember that. Again, ideally you want to do this with your eyes closed. And so I'm, I'm going back and I'm remembering visually what I saw. Then I go into the sounds. What do I remember hearing? The waves crashing, the seagulls making their noise, people talking, radios in the distance, um, the wind. Okay, so I remember those sounds. Then I go into the feelings. What feelings do I remember in that situation? Well, I remember the warmth of the sun on my skin, uh, the feeling of the sand on my feet, uh, the feeling of the chair that I was sitting on. Um, it, it, we, I, we kind of passed through smells and tastes real quick, um, but it, it just reminded me I could smell the coconut uh, smell of the suntan lotion I was using. Back to how I felt. I felt like the sun was relaxing my muscles, melting them. Okay, so I go back into the feeling. And now I bring those feelings into my body. I relax my muscles the way I remember them being relaxed when I was on the beach. Feeling so warm, so relaxed, so comfortable, eyes closed. And now I'm just cycling through what I remember seeing, what I remember hearing, what I remember feeling, and I'm bringing those into my body. And so as you do this, you put yourself into a state of relaxation, right? And again, the more you practice relaxation, you should almost think of it like building a muscle, you know, but this is a, um, a biochemical, physiological, neurological muscle system that you're developing. And the more you remember how the beach felt, and then you could go on to another memory if you want. Maybe there's a time uh, when you're laying in morning, uh, it's raining outside, you've got the day off and you wake up in your bed nice and warm. Right. And so again, you go through the same process where you relax yourself and now you imagine being in bed. You know, what you see there is nothing, right? It's darkness. What do you remember hearing? The sound of the rain on the, the window. Um, what do you remember feeling? The, the warmth of the sheets, the, the comfort and the relaxation of sinking into the bed. And we bring that into our body. So again, you can cycle through these memories of relaxing times and that brings you deeper into that relaxation experience and it develops this neural network, muscular network, everything else of relaxation, making it easier for you to tap into that relaxation and bring it into the holidays and into your life. And if you do this, this is one of those things that's very preventative, meaning if you dedicate some time to being more relaxed each and every day, you get a lot more return on your investment, right? So you may take five minutes relaxing deeply, but what's going to happen is it's going to impact the rest of your day. And when you're more relaxed and calm, you tend to make much healthier food choices, much healthier lifestyle health choices, um, and you begin to enjoy your life more typically because you're thinking more calmly and clearly. You're more connected to the person you want to be. And during the holidays, you may find yourself enjoying the holidays a lot more than you have in the past because when you're calm and relaxed, it's easier to feel grateful and to enjoy the season and everything that it may bring for you. And it may help you deal with the challenges and the stresses that the holidays bring as well more gracefully and more easily, okay? So really dedicate some time to relaxation because it's one of those things that again, not only helps you lose weight, but it improves the quality of your life instantly, instantly. And if you wanna go deeper into relaxation, um, you can go to Program Yourself Thin or you can go to my bio if you're on TikTok, click the link and get the hypnosis session I give you. Uh, it's called The New Thin Me. 
But before I even give you the suggestions, I bring you into a very deep state of relaxation. So if you're someone who wants to work on your relaxation, hypnosis is probably one of the most effective ways to truly relax and gain that ability. So go check it out. So I hope this helps you and I hope you have a wonderful, relaxing holiday season. Uh, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I will uh, do my best to answer them. What's up, Karen? How's it going? Back to normal now? Everything back to normal? What's up, Jody? Happy Friday. I know, happy Friday to you. I know I'm late here. Um, I'm dealing with... We all got... I got Xfinity for my cable, and they're a pain in the ass. <laughs> I think all these cable companies are, but oh my goodness. You know what I mean? Like like a two-minute thing that I've been working on for six months with these guys turns into 45 minutes, and then it's gone. So I'm usually on these lives at noon. Um, but I'm late today. Uh, what do you think about eating foods that you are scared of to stop eating? Wait, okay. What do you think about eating foods? Shit, I just jumped. What do you think about eating foods that you are scared of to stop being scared about? Okay, so I assume what you're meaning is you're, you're nervous about certain foods, like you're gonna start eating it and then you're just out of control with it. I'm gonna assume that's what you mean. Um, and what I think about that is, the first thing I say is that Everyone has those types of foods, right? We're all, we all got different things, right? Where, you know, for some of us it's carbs, some of us it's sugar, you know, different people have different foods that kind of trigger them to overeat. And I think most people can have a lot more control over these foods than they think. Um, but at the same time, some people are truly like, almost like drug addicted to certain foods. Like they just cannot control it, okay? And so that's the first thing to understand is, is where are you at with that, okay? Um, sometimes... There's just certain foods that almost have this power over us, okay? So, so I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? Can you change it? You can influence it for sure. But that's really rare as well, okay? So let's talk about foods you're scared of, right? Now, the first thing I want to do, when I hear someone say, I'm really, I'm terrified of this food. I'm scared to eat this food because I think I'm going to eat all of it. Um, the first thing I want to do going at it is let's, let's experiment. Let's see if you can have more control over this food. And how could you do that? Well, the first question I like to ask is, how would you like to feel about this food? So basic, but very powerful because you've been at the mercy of this belief and this idea for a long time, you know, that, um, that this idea that this food is in control and you have no control or you're powerless, you know, with the ice cream, you're powerless with the popcorn, you know, and I rarely have seen that to be the case. I find most people don't have strategies. They don't understand how their mind works, so they don't know how to take control over the foods. So the first step I think is to free yourself of that old belief, that old limiting belief, and start with the idea, even if you don't believe you can do it, how would I like to feel about that food? How would I like to feel about the ice cream, right? Um, because we wanna be specific. Do you wanna never eat ice cream again? Probably not. And so what may be a much more compelling um, idea is, when I eat ice cream, I can eat just the right amount and then stop easily, right? Now you probably never say that anymore because just a long time ago you just said, oh, that's impossible, right? And so now you never even consider it. So the first step we gotta do is just consider what would be the ideal? You at your best, what would be the ideal response? That's where all real transformation in my opinion starts from, is you open yourself up to the idea, I, I'm gonna be a person who can eat ice cream occasionally, enjoy the hell out of it, and then stop. I'm gonna be a person who can eat ice cream and get to my goal weight. I love that idea, right? It's kind of the idea like I'm gonna be able to eat my cake and have my body too. And if you start thinking in that way, 
I have consistently seen people be able to do that. So um, that's my first step to you, you know, and again, we take it step by step by step, but that's the first steps. How do I want to feel about the food? I want to feel in control. I want to feel indifferent about it most of the time. And then when I want to eat it, I want to eat it, enjoy it, and then be done with it. Great. The first step to succeeding is to articulate a real successful strategy and solution that's going to work for you. And again, this is something almost no one does because everyone's stuck in the problem. That's all, I can't eat ice cream. I eat one scoop of ice cream, eat the whole pint. Why? You know what I mean? It's not an absolute. I, I go to extremes sometimes just to prove a point. Right? So you say, well, I, I can't just eat one scoop of ice cream. Oh, yeah? What if I said if you eat two scoops of ice cream and that's it, I'll give you a million dollars tomorrow? Would you struggle to eat two scoops of ice cream and that's it? No. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's not like you can't do it. You know what I mean? I'm not asking to hold your breath for two hours. It, it's not a physical impossibility to eat some food and then stop. You know, but you think it is, you believe it. And that's just straight hypnosis. It's just you believing something, but it's not true. Again, if I said, I'll give you a million bucks tomorrow, all of a sudden you can do all sorts of things you didn't think you could do, you know? So what that, I knew I'm not gonna give you a million dollars tomorrow, but what it does is it gets to the point that it's not that you can't do it. It's that you're not, the way you're thinking about it, you're not really motivated to do it. You know, and the way you're thinking about it, you don't believe you can do it, you know, but you can, you know? So again, it starts with really opening yourself up the possibility. How do I want to feel about the food? You know, and then we go from there. So I hope that helps you out. Um, is that Astrid I just saw saying hi? Yes, it is. <laughs> Astrid says you're late. I know. Yeah, I was just talking about that. I don't know, Astrid. I, Astrid lives in, where do you live, Astrid? I, I keep thinking it's like Amsterdam, Finland. I forget where you live. I don't know if they have cable companies there. <laughs> the cable companies here, though, are a pain in the ass, you know? Uh Karen says, yeah, it's feeling good now. You? Yeah, I'm feeling good. And I was just saying this yesterday. Like, I, I keep feeling better, which makes me realize I didn't realize how shitty I felt from COVID. What's up, Mandy? How's it going? Thanks for the heart. Um, so, yeah, the, the COVID whacked me out of nowhere. Like, I, I, I didn't even think it was COVID for the first few days. I just, I don't know. And I never had it before, but it, it really got a hold of me. Um, it's been a tough couple months. <laughs> I broke my foot. I had COVID. Um, it's been hard because we're going to go into this. And anyone in my world... Um, even if you're just on my email list, by the way, um, but if you're if you're if you've been part of the program during the year, um, the the week between Christmas and New Year's, uh, I'm going to offer you guys some coaching calls, uh, just free. You know, just to kind of get you ready for the new year, get you on track. Um, I'm redoing the program. The new mindset blueprints are uploaded now; those are ready to go. Um, and I'm redoing a couple other things. I got some really cool stuff coming up. I got a new program that's going to knock your socks off. Um, for people that don't want to join the full program yourself thing course. But uh, anyways, what I always do year to year um, between, I always find between Christmas and New Year's is a magical week. It really is because it's like you're in this kind of suspended reality bubble. You know, it's like, it's not the next year. Um, Christmas just kind of happened. And it's just like this, this, I think it's a magical time. And what I usually do with my clients and myself is I really use it as an opportunity to reflect on the past year and learn and then, you know, project into the future year what I want to accomplish, you know, going into it, the new lessons and strategies I developed over last year. And so um, I will be doing some calls uh, for free with, with clients and just anyone who's on my email list. So if you're not on my email list, go to my bio, my, my TikTok bio, click the link and get the hypnosis session I give you, but that gets you on my email list. 
and I will get you information on um, some of the coaching calls we'll be doing during that week because they'll all be free um, and they're going to be good. But yeah, but, but it just made me think of that because this fall, you know, really I broke my foot the middle of August <clears throat> and it's been, um, it's just been hard, you know, but that's life. Life's always got the things coming at us. Right. But the challenges affect us in ways we don't even notice a lot of times, you know, like, like it's, it's just crazy. It's funny. Cause even with my foot, my foot's still not like a hundred percent, as you can imagine. Um, it still kind of hurts sometimes and I still can't move the way I was. And it slowed me down. You know what I mean? It, it totally knocked me off track in a lot of ways for a few months you know, and then I start getting back on track and then COVID comes, you know, and that knocks me off track for two, three weeks. And then my shoulders acting up, you know what I mean? So it's just, again, don't feel bad for me. <laughs> but, um, but what I'm trying to say is that life always kind of has these things coming at us and we need to kind of be aware of them, acknowledge them, accept some of the bullshit from them. Right. Like I'm, it's frustrating. You know what I mean? I, I was, I was like flowing. I was doing, everything was going so good. And I had so many plans of things I was going to do. Then my foot broke. You know, it's like, oh shit. And I can't do all these things. And I had to like kind of slow everything down, kind of knock me off track. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to get back on track. Then COVID knocked me down. You know, it's like, oh my God. And so it's like, this is, this is one like a, a real good example, like where patience comes in, you know, cause I'm so impatient. Like, yeah, I just got this new basketball. Tell I want to go play basketball with it. It's like, I, my, my sh shoulders hurting. I was doing this pushups thing. Uh, I don't want to sound complaining and everything, but the reason I say this is that, you know, we, we tend to think what most dieters tend to think like, okay, tomorrow's Monday. And from, you know, tomorrow on, I'm just going to be perfect. Everything's going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. You know what I mean? Like life just happens and it's more about responding to things that are going on and you can't just always respond perfectly. You know what I mean? Like that all or nothing mentality I think is terrible because like when all of a sudden your foot breaks and you're in pain and all of a sudden your, your whole thing's different, you got it. Now it's different and it sucks. So there's part of just dealing with the shitty emotions that go with it, the frustration, the annoyance, the, ah, oh, you know what I mean? Like, like and then the pain, <laughs> and then, then you get the COVID and you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired. And then it's like, it lingers for, for me anyways, it just lingered. And now it's like, I'm tired. I'm kind of exhausted. I'm frustrated. I'm annoyed. Da, 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 right. And it's like, you to deal with those things, you know? So I can't perform at the level I want to, and it's annoying. And, um, I say this to you because that's life. And I always think like really mastering your weight is really about how to manage those sort of times. That's why I always say like within the program, we talk about living in the gray area because a lot of times your life is kind of this gray area, right? Like, like when, when you when you think all or nothing, that really requires like life to really work with you. You know what I mean? Like work's gotta be going good. Your health's gotta be good. Your relationship's gotta be good. Everything's gotta be going good. So you can focus hundred percent on eating perfect and exercising perfect. Well, how often is life going perfect, right? <laughs> I don't know about your life, but my life, you're going to have a wonderful life, but there's all these stresses, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying they're catastrophic, but again, everything's relative. So you have to learn how to navigate the challenges. And I think that takes this gray area. You can't think black and white. You've got to think in this gray area. Um, and it's not the greatest, but it's better than not thinking about it at all. So I don't know if I'm making sense, but just thinking about a lot of things. Astrid says you're late. Yeah, that was because I was talking to the cable company. Yeah, carbs and sugar. Those are addictive things for a lot of people, and there's a lot of reason for it. So no no doubt. Carbs and sugar, you got to watch out for it, for sure. Um, Margaret says, hi, please say my name is Ava. <laughs> my name is Ava. I always get nervous when I hear stuff like that because there's like um, sometimes people get on here and they'll write something, and it's like... Uh, I'm trying to think of one that's not too like 
inappropriate. But do you know what I'm talking about? You know, like, um, you know, like, <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to think of an example of it and I'm, I'm struggling to think of it, but like, like, Hey, would you blow me? I, I, I can't, I can't think of any other ones. I'm just going to say it, but sometimes they'll say like a name there and I'll say it and it's, it's making me say something silly. You know, my name is Ava. I don't think that's one of them, but anyways, I said it. What's an ideal breakfast? Well, I wouldn't say an ideal breakfast is bagels with cream cheese. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. Sometimes ha the ideal breakfast is having a bagel with cream cheese. Not every morning. What's an ideal breakfast though? And um, I think that's a great question because everyone, I, I think the best meal to focus on initially to optimize is your, again, we got the worst and first strategy. Um, and that is the first is your first meal of the day. So whether it's breakfast or you eat lunch is your, is your first meal, whatever. That's the meal you should optimize. What do I mean by optimize? You should make it as nourishing as possible. Um, protein, fiber, natural food. Just get as, as good as possible because that's usually the easiest meal to influence, right? People don't really care so much about breakfast like they do dinner, right? Dinner is a lot more of an emotional thing than the breakfast typically. So um, what's an ideal breakfast? Again, it's got to be something you like. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you things because you might not like those things. But again, I'm giving you categories of foods. I would look for natural foods, right? As whole and natural as I could get, um, as little processing as possible. Um, I, I'm a big fan of adding a fruit onto it. Um, eggs are good. Uh, beans, uh, Ezekiel bread, peanut butter is what I like. Um, I have an apple every day. Uh, some people like oatmeal. You know, I got, I'm going to sit here and name every breakfast food. I'm, I'm going to leave it up to you. Um, natural whole foods, though. That's what you want. You want to have, I mean, ideally, you want to have zero sugar as close to that as possible. Um, refined carbs, you want to get down low as well, I would suggest. And again, just keep it really nourishing and healthy. Five days a week. Again, I, I, I'm not suggesting you have this perfect ideal breakfast seven days a week because it might get boring. You know, but, but four or five days a week, you know, really optimize your breakfast and, and make it healthy there. Um, oh, I love the million dollar comparison. Yeah, that's a great one, isn't it? And again, it's just it's just a thought experiment. I always do that What people. I had someone yesterday. They're like, oh, I could never I could never go to the movies and not get um, popcorn and candy. And I said, it's bullshit. Of course you could. No, I could never do it. And so what if I give you a million bucks if you don't? Well, I could do it then. Yeah, no problem. Well, then you can do it. You know what I mean? What if, what if you, if you, if you don't, you know, if you get popcorn and ice and, and candy, you're never going to see your family again. Okay. I, I could do it. No problem. Easy. Now again, it's, those are, those aren't real. I get that, but it's just to just show you it's not, can I do it? It's that you don't want to do it. And, and you all got to recognize that if you want to lose weight and you're not losing weight, it's because you don't actually want to lose weight. You wish you'd lose weight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's an idea. Like if you could just snap your fingers and make it happen, you would do it, but you're not motivated. You know, that, that's the biggest, again, in the mindset section of program yourself, then we, the first thing you start with is the motivation piece because you don't know how to motivate. You're not motivated and you don't know how to motivate yourself. And you're thinking, I want to lose weight more than anything in the world and I can't do it. You're, you're telling yourself a bullshit story. And what that does is it makes you feel powerless. If you think you're motivated at a level 10 to lose weight and you're not losing weight, then what's the reason for that? Because I can't lose weight. I want to lose weight. I'm not losing weight. So it must be because I can't lose weight. And so you're telling yourself this story that you can't lose weight and it's not accurate. You don't want to lose weight. You don't want to do the things you need to do to lose weight. It's fine, but you should start set, be accurate. You need to be more specific and accurate with diagnosing what the problem is. And you're not probably, you're probably saying, oh, no matter what I do, I can't lose weight. 
That's not true. That's not true. Never true. You're a human being with a human body. Now, again, I'm not saying people lose weight at different rates. Some people have physical issues that slow their weight loss down. It's a slower process for them. So I'm not, I'm not pretending everyone's the same. But I'm saying that everyone, if you reduce your average calorie consumption over time, you're going to lose weight. Everyone's going to lose weight. And if you're not keeping your calories low over time, it's almost always at the core of it is because you don't really want to lose the weight. You want to eat the food. You want to keep living the way you're living. And you wish you'd lose the weight, but you don't really want to lose the weight as much as you want to eat the food and live the way you're living. So, so you got to like be very specific about what the problem is so that you can figure out what the solution is. And the solution is you got to learn how to motivate yourself. And the way you motivate yourself is you change the way you're thinking about this process. Wanting to lose weight so you look better is not enough motivation. And if you think it is, have you been losing weight? You know, that it's a superficial motivation. It's called extrinsic motivation and the science motivation is extrinsic. It's the weakest form of motivation. It's not enough motivation. Anyways, Esma, thank you. You're really inspiring. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. And thank you for saying that. Um, Paula says, what do you think of writing affirmations 100 times a day? Um, affirmations. I think affirmations, um, more often than not, don't work. And I think it's because people create this thing where they're like, oh, I love my body. I love my body. I love my body. I love my body. But the whole time, they're like, it, it's like there's a, there's a quiet counter-affirmation a lot of times. Right. I love my body. I love my I love my body. Bullshit. I love my body. Bullshit. I love my body. That's bullshit. I love my body. That's bullshit. I love my body. I don't believe that. I, <laughs> you know, so you got to watch out for that. That's very common. I see people trying to force this affirmation down, but they don't believe it, you know, and so there's no point in that. So you need to make sure that the affirmation is one that you believe and it's one that's useful. But I think the idea of writing something. So, so I'll give you an example in, in um, program yourself then. There are daily hypnosis sessions and each session has a weight loss mantra in it, okay? And those mantras are really, really valuable because we think in mantras, we think in kind of sayings and they kind of drive our behavior. So if you find a mantra that really resonates with you, I'll give you an example. One of them is dinner and done, right? So, so again, it's a whole session about the concept and the idea of eating dinner and then you're done. Right. So that's a good one. A lot of people like that. So if you wrote dinner and done down a hundred times, why not? Right. It's just, it's, it's creating a neural network um, of dinner and done It's creating an auditory network. If you write it down a, a motor sensory network. Um, and I think that's okay, but you got to make sure you believe the affirmation. Cause if it's an affirmation, you're just saying it and, and you can hear that other, I don't know, making that face, you know, bullshit, bullshit. You know what I mean? If you're feeling that way, then you're just wasting your time. Okay, so make sure it's an affirmation that you really, really believe. Yeah, the Netherlands. Okay, that's what I thought. Astrid, for some reason, your your name says like user Astrid. Like, does your profile say user, like literally user in it? Anyways. Um, feel absolutely amazing. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That was a good conversation yesterday, Mandy. That was a good, good coaching call there. Um, yes, it does linger. Yeah, it did linger. It, it's... It's crazy. I'm, so I'm really starting to feel back to normal. My shoulder's making me crazy now, but but my, my energy level's getting back. It's like you don't realize it sometimes. It's like they always say that about sleep, you know? When you start to get, like when you're sleep deprived, the first thing that goes is your awareness of how sleep deprived you are, <laughs> right? So um, with, with the COVID thing, like I, I felt so shitty. And um, 
like so shitty. And it was like, like really, I felt bad for like a week, 10 days. And then I started feeling better, but you know, you don't realize just, I didn't realize how bad I felt, you know, and I'm realizing it now as I get feeling better. Oh, it feels good. I'm kind of happy about the timing too, because I'm, I'm really glad I'm starting to feel better for the holidays coming up and all the rest of it. Um, Katie says, Hey, I love your videos. Do you have any tips for the right mindset of weight loss and motivation? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm glad you like the videos and enjoy them. That's what they're there for. Um, yeah. Tips for the right mindset of weight loss. Okay. I mean, I could talk about this all day. You all know that. I talk about this every day. So again, I have a podcast is Program Yourself Then I do one of these every day, pretty much every weekday. <clears throat> so you can go to any, any podcast platform and find it and go listen to it. And I talk about mindset literally every single day. Um, what do I think the biggest mindset is? I, I think the biggest difference is if you want to lose weight, it's pretty, pretty safe to say that you think like a dieter and you have a dieter mindset. And so the dieter mindset thinks of weight loss as a temporary thing. You think I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. And so you're subconsciously, you're framing weight loss as a temporary thing. And you think getting to your goal weight is the finish line, right? That, that's the goal. And that way of thinking about it is demotivating you and it's setting you up for failure over and over and over again. So what you want to do is you want to shift your focus from wanting to lose weight to wanting to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot. That's the big difference. So again, I can talk about mindset all day long, but that's the biggest, biggest distinction is to stop thinking about your weight loss as this temporary thing that you're going to do until you lose the weight. Um, and start thinking about this as a process. Again, I always refer to it as, as a mastery path, all right? You need to stop focusing on weight loss and start focusing on weight mastery. You need to master your weight, which ironically is a way easier process than weight loss because weight loss is all about how can I quickly lose the weight? I got a short-term time frame. I want to lose the weight as fast as possible. Well, the only way to lose weight fast as possible is to do extreme things that are really hard and difficult to maintain. And so what you're probably doing, what you your pattern is that, you know, Monday comes and you start your plan, whatever it may be. Oh, you get rid of the carbs, you stop eating for 16 hours, you eat 1200 calories, you count all your points, whatever you're doing. You start on Monday, you do it perfect. And you do it for a couple days usually. Sometimes you get to a couple weeks. Once in every five, 10 years, you get to a couple months. <laughs> and then you stop doing it and you go back to normal, you know? And so... We need to start to realize that it's not about weight loss. It's about living at your goal weight. And um, that, that's really the key thing. So again, I, I could talk about this forever, but um, that, that's kind of the, the big picture thing I would say. Um, Mandy says, oh my God, yes, this is so me in a nutshell. I feel, oh, if everything else is good in life, so is my food. Yeah, exactly, right? We've got to learn how to manage life's bullshit. Right. I mean, it's it's coming at us forever. You know, there, there's no there's literally no alternative, <laughs> you know, things there's good and bad times in general. But there, there's always some mix. Our emotions are all over the place day to day. So, again, it's not so much about learning how to be perfect. And that's part of that diet mindset, too, because in your mind, if you the outer frame of a dieter's mindset is you're thinking, OK, I'm going to diet until he was weight. You're thinking of it as a temporary process. As soon as you think of it as a temporary process, you're in a bad situation because once you think it's temporary the next thought that comes well okay well if it's going to be temporary let's just get it over as quick as possible well let's get over as quick as possible what's the most extreme thing i can do you know what i mean just lead you right down the path and um the only time you could ever eat no carbs eat only for eight hours a day eat only 1200 calories eat no sugar any only time you could ever do anything perfect is if all of life is like perfectly supporting you 
right? Because how, how does your diet go, folks, when all of a sudden you get in a fight with your partner, when all of a sudden your boss yells at and you might lose your job and you're stressed out? How's your eating going? You know what I mean? Come on. So I always say the most important skill of weight mastery is the ability to get back on track quickly. You know, dieters are thinking in terms of perfection because you're thinking I'm going to start on day one and it's going to be a straight line of perfection until I get my goal weight. And I'm here to tell you it's not. You know, unless you got like four or five pounds to lose. <laughs> but if you've got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 pounds to lose, you're not going to go from day one to your goal weight, a straight line of perfection. That's not going to happen. You're going to make all kinds of mistakes. But unfortunately for you as a dieter, any mistake that happens feels catastrophic. So again, with Program Yourself Thin, the biggest part of the program, literally, right? The, the core of the way of the Program Yourself Thin system is the Program Yourself Thin technique. It's the redo rehearsal technique. This is the most important piece of the entire program. And the redo technique, right in the name, as you can imagine, it's about learning from your mistakes because you're going to make a ton of mistakes. I was thinking this today. Dieters be crazy. The idea that you're going to start, you're eating like shit, right? If you're, you're 50, 60, 70 pounds overweight, you're eating shitty, you haven't exercised a long time, your lifestyle is all wacky, but you're going to wake up one Monday and then just eat perfectly? Why? Just because you decided to? It's, it's the weirdest thing in the world. You don't think of your weight mastery as like a skill. You think I can do it whenever I want. I just got just to gotta want it enough. Just got to have willpower and just stick to it. That's such bullshit. That's like saying you never played the piano. And it's like, all right, I'm going to play the piano now. Well, don't, don't you have to learn how to play it? Don't you have to learn first? <laughs> right? But you, you think, oh, there's a thin person in here. I'm just going to be thin tomorrow. I'm going to start acting like a thin person tomorrow. I'm going to be a thin person. That's it. Start tomorrow. No more carbs ever again after tomorrow. Why? I don't know why you think that. I don't know why people think that. Because it's silly on its face. And then it's sillier because you've tried it a thousand times and it hasn't worked. You know, but you keep thinking, you keep thinking some magical Monday, I'm just going to wake up and be perfect. Yeah, you're not. And so I would suggest that a much better, more effective practical strategy is to have a strategy at the ready each and every night that you can use to learn from the mistakes you make because you're going to make mistakes. What in your life have you learned to do where you haven't made mistakes in the beginning? What have you done in your life where you just started off perfect? Like it's, it's the weirdest thing in the world. And to understand what I'm saying, let me just highlight a point. The distinction between conceptual knowledge and behavioral knowledge, right? So when it comes to weight loss, you've got a head full of conceptual knowledge. You know everything you should do. The problem is you have very little behavioral knowledge, understanding of how to be a thin, healthy person. To drive this point home, um, it's like when you write with your hand. You have all the conceptual knowledge in the world about how to write. You can write words, sentences, paragraphs, pages of words. You know how to write but you can only do it with one hand. You only have the behavioral knowledge for one hand, okay? So if you want to learn how to write with the other hand, you don't need to read a book, how to write with my left hand. You don't need more conceptual knowledge. You need to create the behavioral knowledge for your other hand, which how would you do it? You would practice it, right? You would practice it. You'd make mistakes. You'd frustrate slow, make mistakes. You learn from them. You keep getting better and better and better at it. But now it comes to weight loss and I don't need to practice anything. Tomorrow's Monday, I'm going to start my keto plan. What makes you think you're going to stick to that plan? Like it, it's, it's insanity. And you don't, you make a mistake and then you make one, you know, you go three, four days, no carbs, you eat a cookie on the fourth day and you feel like you blew everything, right? Your eating has been 95% better than it is on a typical week, but now you feel like you totally failed, you know? 
But anyway, so you need, in my opinion, and, and you know this, right? Because when you make a mistake, <coughs> when you make a mistake, your whole mindset goes to shit. And it's because you have zero strategy about how to learn from that mistake. You have no strategy to get yourself back on track quickly. You just feel devastated. Every little mistake you make feels catastrophic to you, right? And so again, this is why we have the redo technique and the rehearsal technique. We use these every night. It takes a minute or two. Um, and what you do is you start to learn from your mistakes. And now all of a sudden you stop being scared of mistakes. And that makes you make less mistakes. And then you don't mind making mistakes because usually you learn the biggest, most important lessons because of the mistakes you make. You know, but again, you, you don't you don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like when it comes from when it comes to like the idea of learning, learning from your mistakes when it comes to weight loss, you're just like, what are you talking about, Jim? I don't even I, no weight loss means I don't make any mistakes. You know what I mean? Like we're in two different worlds talking two different things. So once you know and understand how to learn from your mistakes, it just relieves the pressure and it becomes a real process now. You know, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to do like an endurance test. You start day one and you're trying to see how long can I eat perfectly for? And you usually get a day or two, a week into it. And that's as long as you can go. And the second you make a mistake that, oh, I'm off the wagon now. Now I'm off the wagon, right? Because everyone's all or nothing. All for a couple days, nothing for a couple months. That's a bad math, math right there, right? So you got to learn how to get back on track quickly. Mistakes are no big deal. And once you embrace the mistake, that's another mantra, one of the, one of the cell hypnosis sessions, is that mistakes are your greatest teacher. They are, you know, but you're, you hate mistakes. Mistakes are your biggest enemy. They're my best friend. And that makes all the difference in the world. You know? um, Karen says, when you say it, it sounds like something else. And I don't remember what the hell I was talking about. Almond. I had a health scare. I had a health scare recently and I'm much more motivated to take care of myself. Hey, that's great. Yeah, tree donum. Um, same with me. And that, that's the utilization of when we get sick. Um, when I hurt my foot, when I got COVID, I, I, I don't like it. But again, I, utilization is the process of taking things that are kind of negatives or challenges in your life and reframing them in a way so you can see the positive, using it for a positive or, or towards the goal you want to go to. And so having COVID, I utilize that as again, to increase my motivation, I want to take better care of myself, you know? And, um, you know, so, so that, I think that's great. Freedom again, because everything's good and bad and it's how we look at it. That really kind of defines which it's going to be to us, you know? So COVID sucked. It was bad, obvious for obvious reasons, but it's good because it made me really appreciate my health and it makes me, it, it kicked me up to another level of, of, of taking even more serious, you know? So I utilize all the I, when, when negative things happen, I utilize it and I, and I make the best out of it. You know, make, make a lemonade out of lemons type of thing. After you reached your goal weight, can you eat whatever you want or do you still have to work out and eat less? Um, Helen, what do you think? That question though is, I'm not picking on you, Helen, because I, I think I'm proud you asking that question because I think it reveals how a lot of people think. And, and, it, and the truth is, you have not learned how to think like a logical, common sense person when it comes to your weight loss. You have been infected with a diet mindset. You're trapped. You're, you're in a mental prison. When it comes to your weight, you are trapped in a mental prison that's been put there by the diet industry. You know, to the point, I always use this as an example that, you know, you've all been trying to lose weight for decades, probably. You probably have been dieting for decades. And the truth is, you know as little about how to lose weight now as you did before you started your first diet all those years ago. You know, that's how you know you're on the wrong path. You're not getting better. You're not learning. You're not growing. You're not evolving. You don't understand. You know, 
But no, of course, Helen. So, so listen, your weight is a reflection of your average calorie consumption, pretty much. You know, there is there is the activity level too. Okay, but let's just talk about eating. Let's just take working out of it, working out out of it, just for a minute. Just keep it simple. Your weight is a reflection of how many calories you're you're consuming on average, right? Now, this is a simplistic explanation. There's more little details that that factor in, but but on a whole. Basically, your weight is a reflection of the average calories you're consuming on an average week, let's say, an average month. And so what most people do with a diet mentality is they say, I'm going to drastically cut the calories down so I lose weight quickly. And then once I start, once I get to my goal weight, then I'm going to come back up to maintenance, right? But, um, and some people say the maintenance is going to be up here. And, and that's, I, I don't understand in the world how someone's saying this, right? So it's like, if your weight's here and your calorie consumption's here, and you cut your calories down here and then bring your calories up here, your weight's gonna return back up to here. Now, some people say, no, no, you're gonna fix your metabolism and then it's gonna, I, I, don't, I don't even understand that level of thinking, you know? Anyways, and some people say, because this is what I always say to people, okay, so if the average calorie consumption's here and your weight's here, instead of dropping down here, which is drastic and hard to maintain, why don't we just drop it down to the maintenance level to begin with? I'll say, oh, Jim, you can't just cut 10% of the calories out, your body won't release the weight. That's not what I've found. You know, you consume 10% calories, less calories over the next six months, you're going to lose weight, you know? So yeah, your weight's just going to reflect it. So if you cut your calories down, your weight's going to come down. If you bring the calories back up, your weight's going to go back up. Remember, weight weight is inconsistent and unpredictable in the short term, okay? But in the long term, it's very predictable and consistent. You know, you're, you're not used to thinking of it that way, but I think in terms of six months, a year. You know, not freak you out, but who gives a shit? Because again, how long do you want to keep the weight off for? I always say this to people like, because I know you're in such a, so impatient in such a rush to lose the weight. I don't know why. What What is the rush? What is the rush? You've been impatient for decades now. I mean, Jesus Christ, you could slow down now. You could just calm down. It's been decades. Relax. You ever think maybe it's the impatience that's keeping you overweight? Maybe relaxing will start to help you lose the weight, you know? But, um... I think that's an important piece. It's just calming down. Caro says, that was a cool thread you started about. Losing weight to look better is not the best reason. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thanks for your input into our lives. Oh, you're welcome, Caro. I, I appreciate you saying that. That's what I do this for. Again, this for me is a mission. Um, I always say this, that, that for me, weight is really life and death. It, it's not just about looking good in a bathing suit. I want you to look good in a bathing suit in your clothes too. But I way more want you to live as long as you possibly can. And I want you to have the best quality of life while you're alive. There's a real passion for me. And that's why I do these lives every day. That's why I'm always trying to help you guys out, you know, um, because it means a lot to me. You know, you know my story. My, my dad died when he was 54 of a heart attack. So to me, weight has always been this. It's it's a different, I frame it different, obviously, right? It, it's not just, oh, I only come with my legs look. It gives a fuck, <laughs> you know? I want you to be alive, you know? There's nothing, this is the worst trauma of my life, you know? And as I look back and it's like, my dad didn't know, you know, he wanted to lose. He had no clue, no clue how to lose weight. You know, he did the grapefruit diet, you know, it was one of his things. And he just had no clue, no clue in the world how to change his weight, you know, which is the same for a lot of people. He's got no idea. Well, I'll tell you what it all comes down to. It comes down to understanding how to change your mindset. You know, your mindset's the number one thing impacting your weight and you never learn how to influence it. You're always being told what to do and no one's ever showing you how to get yourself to do it right? Every single thing you've tried with weight loss is some diet or workout plan where someone's telling you to, what to do. And then you're just left alone to try and force yourself to do it. And the only tool you got is willpower. You use willpower to try and force yourself to, to follow the plan and it's not working. 
you know, another way to put it, right, is that you got two mindsets right now. You're trapped in two mindsets. You got an overweight mindset, right? So when you're not thinking about your weight or doing anything specific with it, you're just living your life, doing what you do, you're overweight, right? Your, your, your automatic mode, your normal mode is overweight. And then you got a diet mindset, right? When you get really upset with being overweight, now, okay, now it's time to be a dieter. And now you diet and you fight against all those urges and best case scenario, you get yourself down to your goal weight. But the same problem exists. You got an overweight mindset, you got a diet mindset. You don't know how to think like a thin and healthy person. How do you think like a thin and healthy person? I don't know. That's that's the problem. And, and, and your weight's never gonna be resolved until you figure that out. How could it, you know? So that's why I do this, but I'm, I'm glad you appreciate it. Yep, Manny says, oh yes, looking forward to the next ones. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, again, anyone who's not in my world. Two things, you know, and I always, I always forget to say this too. If you don't follow me, follow me on TikTok, by the way. I put videos up every single day. And so, it, it, man, what a, I, I, you know, TikTok, again, everything's good and bad, right? So it's like, um, TikTok's amazing if, if, when you get the algorithm, the right stuff, right? But, but all of a sudden you start getting my videos, you know what I mean? Every, every once a day, every once in a while, you kind of, my video pop up, it's really helpful. You're not gonna always want to watch it or anything. So they like, ah, shut up, Jim. I don't want to think about weight right now. That's fine. Um, but the more you kind of see the messages I'm giving, because everything I'm telling you is different than what you're typically hearing, right? Because I'm, I'm not telling you what to eat. I'm not telling you what you should exercise. I'm not giving you the, come on, just do it. Come on. You know, I'm not giving you all that bullshit motivation and that rah-rah stuff. I have spent the last 20 years working with real people to actually create the changes. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. And so I like to think that what I'm saying is, I like to think of myself as like the most practical, real, real practical solutions to actually living at your goal weight, getting there and living there. And so if, you know, my videos just kind of start popping up, it's just, it's a way to start programming yourself, right? Programming yourself thin is really, how do I change how I'm thinking so that I think like a thin, healthy person? Because once you think like a thin, healthy person, you become a thin, healthy person. It's just a matter of time. You know, and so watching my videos is one of the left, best ways to do that. Um, Astrid said, I just want to say I feel better than yesterday thanks to your input. That's awesome, Astrid. That's good. And that's all we want, right? That's the 1% philosophy that we want to be 1% better today than we were yesterday. And if we make that goal and we consistently work at it, you know, by the end of the year, we're not 365% better. We are exponentially better. All right. Let's see. Let's see. You're literally so right. I think that way my entire life thinks. You're welcome, Helen. No problem. I appreciate asking the question again. Any questions you all have, um, what do they say? There's no stupid questions. I don't think that's true. <laughs> There's lots of stupid questions, but uh, it's okay. So what? So we ask a stupid question. You know what I mean? I'm joking. I'm joking, but it, it, who cares? Who gives a shit? If we learn something, who gives a shit if we ask a dumb question? You know, I'm, I'm saying the worst case scenario, you know? Of course, there's stupid questions, though. <laughs> no, I'm just cheesing you. Uh... Mind blown at not feeling mistakes means making less mistakes. Oh yeah, not not fearing mistakes. Yep. Mind blown at not fearing mistakes means making less mistakes. Yeah. What happens is, see, let me talk about that for a second. I never talk about this. The mistake thing is so important because, again, if we understand, you're. I don't want to go too deep with this. You got a conscious and a subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is what's in control of your weight. That's the part of your mind that controls all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Now, one of the big things to understand about your subconscious mind is it does not understand negatives. I tell you, don't think about an orange. Don't think about an orange. Don't think about an orange. 
Did you not think about an orange? No, of course you thought about an orange, but I said, don't think about it, but you thought about it because your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. It has to think about an orange to make sense of what the word means. The second I say orange, it's just a verbal anchor. As soon as I say the word orange, your visual cortex lights up the image of an orange. Okay. You can't stop that process. So when you keep fearing mistakes, I don't want to eat that ice cream today. I don't eat that ice cream. I don't eat that ice cream. I don't eat that ice cream. What you're doing is you're causing your subconscious mind to just keep imagining ice cream and you're imagining exactly the way you like to eat it. So if you like to scoop out two scoops, put in a bowl and put hot fudge on it, every time you say, I don't eat ice cream tonight, now your visual cortex is lighting up with a bowl of two scoops of ice cream with hot fudge on it and you eating it. And so that the second thing about your subconscious mind, it doesn't understand the difference between vivid imagination and reality. You already know this, but you don't know it. Why do you think you like movies and TV so much? It's because you're experiencing vicariously whatever's going on on the screen. You're not sitting there all just like completely disassociated from what you're watching on the screen. Well, that's just light on a thing. That's just sound waves hitting me. I'm just sitting on a sofa. I'm totally fine. None of that shit's real. They're just actors. They're just reading a script. It was written by. You're not like, you know what I mean? Like you're not logically thinking that because it's all pretend. Because what are you doing? You're watching a comedy, you're laughing. You're watching a drama, you're crying. You know what I mean? You're watching a, a, a thriller, you're tense. You're watching a horror, you're nervous, right? You're having an actual physiological response to whatever you're imagining you're watching. So what do you think is happening if you're imagining your ice cream sundae all day that you don't want to eat because you start a diet, right? You get yourself fixated on it, and then on top of that, you start responding to it. So you start getting hungrier. Do you know if you see, like, let's just say like cheesecake, right? You, you, you eat cheesecake sometimes. All of a sudden, you see a cheesecake um, on the counter when you go home. You know what happens? Your body knows, oh, I'm going to eat that. It knows there's a lot of sugar coming in. And so it starts to ramp up the insulin production, which causes your glucose levels to crash, which causes you to get hungrier. You know? So, so the way our mind is working is impacting our physiology. You know? So yeah, when we're, ma when we're fear-making mistakes, it becomes like a mantra. I don't eat that ice cream. I don't eat that ice cream. I don't eat that ice cream. It's, it's like saying, it's, literally, it's no different to, to make it clear. It's like saying, I'm going to eat that ice cream. I'm going to eat that ice cream. I'm going to eat that ice cream. That's what it's like saying. I said, well, what am I supposed to say then, Jim? You say, well, there's ice cream there and it's okay, but I don't want to eat it because it makes me feel kind of phlegmy. I feel kind of frustrated with myself afterwards. And what I found works well is when I think about the ice cream, I like to let it go. And instead, I'm going to eat some fruit and then I'm going to go for a walk and then I'm going to read a book. Now, I'm just making something up. You got to figure out what works for you. But notice the difference there. Your whole weight loss strategy is to focus on the things that you can't eat. You're obsessed with what you can't do which doesn't give your brain a direction about what you should do, you know? And so, yeah, when you fear mistakes, you literally encourage them to happen. It's like meditating on them. It's like if I made a hypnosis session that was like, do all your worst mistakes. You know, that's kind of how you're, that's what's happening. It's the, it's the effect of, of, of fearing mistakes. Ali says, people have to learn not to, to not be afraid of food. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. People have a horrible relationship with food. It's really not your fault. We're conditioned to have a horrible relationship with food. But um, yeah, it's a huge part of mastering your, um, your, your weight is to, is to, you know, really heal up the relationship you have with food. I'm listening to you while on the treadmill. Yeah, that's great. Good job, Cassie. Yeah, you're working out your body and your mind at the same time. Super. Um, imaginary friend. Bro, you actually give the best advice. You said not to rush and I started losing rapidly and just focused on my health and fitness progression. Super. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Right? Again, that kind of goes back to what I'm saying. Um... You know, like when we focus just on weight loss and we rush, I, I, I'm not going to go through it today because I go through it every day and I'm just not in the mood. But um, 
it, there's so much psychology. Like I, I always say as, as a hypnotist, if I was tasked with coming up, like say the food companies hired me and they said, we want you to come up with a plan that kind of makes it seem like it's going to help people lose weight, but it's not going to help them lose weight because we want to keep selling shitty food. Um, what, what can you come up with? I'd come up with a diet. I'd come up with a diet. So I, I'd want people to think about their weight loss in a short-term time frame. I'd want them to be very conditional, meaning if, if the scale's going down, they're motivated. And if it's not going down, they're completely destroyed. Um, I'd want them to think all or nothing, right? You got to be perfect if you're going to lose the weight. That's what I'd come up with, is literally diets. And that's what I think happened because, again, all the big diets that you're referencing are all owned by big food companies, right? You're, learn you're learning how to lose weight from Heinz, Nestle, um, you know, Ben & Jerry's. Do you think, do you really think they want you to lose weight? You're like, Jim, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Atkins Food Products is owned by the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. Slim Fast is owned by the same company that owns Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream, Unilever. So do you think they really want you to heal up your relationship with food, um, slim down and live as a slim person who doesn't eat their bullshit foods? Do you really think that? What, what, what world does that make sense? Right. And so you wonder why no one loses weight on a diet. You wonder why diets have a 95% failure rate. You wonder why 82% of the population in America is overweight or obese. And we've got a lifetime of diets around us. They ain't working. Why aren't they working? Because they never show you how to change your mindset. Every diet is just telling you one thing to do. Every diet is one tactic. Just stop eating carbs. Stop eating sugar. Just eat 1,200 calories. Just count your points. Uh, just eat vegetarian food. Just eat meat. Just eat for eight hours. Right? <laughs> Everything's one tactic. And one tactic's never going to solve this. You, you need a holistic, comprehensive approach to mastering your weight. And um, once you take that, once you realize that and you go down that path, that path of weight mastery, and you commit yourself to it, you can master your weight. You can dust it and done. Like, like that's what I'm saying. If you dedicate a year, two years, three years to mastering your weight, you're done with it forever to, to a certain degree. I don't get me wrong. I always say like the goal is to get your goal weight and live there on near autopilot, near, right? I'm still focusing on what I'm doing, but I'm not, it feels like brushing my teeth. I, I feel like that's the best equivalent to how it is to live at my goal weight. It, it's like, it takes some energy, but it's primarily the subconscious behavior that runs on autopilot. You know, and it's the same with you, right? You're eating, you want to know about a weight set point. The weight set point is your brain. Have you ever noticed that? Think about how hard it is. Like, like you try so hard to lose weight and it's like, you just, it's like you're stuck there. How can we understand this? It's because our brains do what they did. That's why, that's why, you know, the, the way our brains wire neurologically, we basically do what we did. We do something once it works, it, it satisfies us. We just keep doing it. You know, and you have no idea how to change your behavior. You have no idea how to change your thoughts, your feelings, or your behavior. Thanks, Al. I like that. I love that little heart. Um, but, but let's be honest. You have no idea how to change your thoughts, feelings, or behavior other than willpower. You don't even understand what willpower is anyways, by the way. That, that's a whole other story. But, but the, the core thing comes down to the fact that you don't know how to change your thoughts, feelings, or behaviors. And until you do, I, I don't know how you're going to change your weight. You know, but thanks, imaginary friend. I do give the best advice. I'm gonna take a screenshot of that because uh, I really do. I know I give the best advice <laughs> because I 
I work with real people. I'll, I'll tell you the distinction, and I did this because I did I did a, um, an interview series years ago called The Elite Body, where I interviewed some of the top fitness and, and nutritionists on the planet. And when I was talking to one specifically, it, it became crystal clear what I'm doing differently than 99% of the weight loss industry, and it's this. That I was talking to him, and I said, what do you do? He was a fit, This guy was a fitness trainer um, and one of the top fitness programs on the planet at that point. And I said, what do you do when you have a client and they're not motivated? He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, when you have a client and they're not motivated, what do you, what do, you do to them? How do you, how do you get them motivated? Because right? that's all I do, right? but what do, what do you do? He's like, I don't know, what, you're, what are you talking about? And I'm just like, mm. And he goes, when they come into me, they're already motivated. And I said, no shit. Look at that, right? And I'm like, what? You know what I mean? That's true, right? Every fitness trainer, you gotta be motivated to even be there. You know? So it's like, I work with people when they're not motivated. How do I get them from not motivated to motivated? That's what I've been for doing for 20 years. Who else is doing that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, it's just, it's a rare thing. And so doing it for 20 years, being obsessed with it for 30 years, um, you come up with real, unique, genuine strategies that are practical, that are real. You know, it's not enough to be told what to do. You know what to do. If you were a robot and you could just type in what you're going to eat all day and then you just did that, you wouldn't have a problem losing weight. The problem is you know what to do. You don't know how to get yourself to do it. And that's going to continue to be the problem until you learn how to influence your mindset. You know? So again, if you want to go deeper into that, go to my bio, click the link at the hypnosis session and watch the training I give you. Three steps to master your weight. Okay, it's just it's a completely different approach. It's about a half hour, but it, it'll it's free, right? It, it'll explain a different approach to it. So much major, amazing advice here. You make so much sense. Thank you, Kara. I appreciate that. Allie says, I lost 150 pounds eating food. It's good to see real advice on here. No, oh, thank you, Allie. And great job. Wow, 150 pounds eating food. Thank you. And, and you know, like, like I have people on here all the time that have lost weight and kept it off. And they're saying the same shit I'm saying because listen, Program Yourself Thin was built on the shoulders of people that lost weight and kept it off, right? It's all based on NLP where it's role modeling. We find the people that are getting the results we want and we figure out how they did it. Not just what they did, but how they think about things, how they're approaching stuff. You know, that's the key part. And that's what Program Yourself Thin is based on. So everyone who successfully lost weight and kept it off, like that we're always, always saying the same things, you know, because that's what, that's what I learned from initially, you know, it was those people. Um, how do I stop obsessing over it? I'm going to assume you mean, how do I stop obsessing over weight loss? You know, and I think um, the best way to stop obsessing on weight loss is, and food even, is to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. Don't let this be a process that's just about losing weight. Okay, make it a process about becoming the best version of you possible. I always say program yourself as an inside out approach to weight mastery because it's focused on what's going on in here and here. You know, and um, once you do that, you make it a bigger, you instantly make it more motivating because what's most important to you in your life? It's probably to some degree, family, friends, relationships that matter to you, people that matter to you, um, your work, supporting yourself, your career, financial success is probably some part of that. Um, your health, right? Your happiness, right? How your quality of life day to day. Right? Your personal development, maybe like, like what you're achieving, what you're looking forward to, what you want to do, your goals, your dreams in life. Okay. So if we start with those things, all of those things are being dramatically impacted by your weight and your lifestyle. See, you're so stuck on thinking about your weight in a superficial way, right? Because the diets have conditioned you. Think about it. You've seen millions of diet ads in your life. Every diet ad is the before and after picture. So it, it, cause, it conditions you to think about your weight in terms of how you look. And the real story is 
all these other things I was just saying, your relationships, your financial success, your personal success, your health, your happiness, okay? And your weight is probably the number one thing dictating those, not because of how you look, but because the weight's a reflection of what you're eating and how you're living. And if you're overweight, there's a good chance you're eating a lot of unhealthy foods. Your energy's probably low. Your moods are probably all over the place and negative. Um, you know, your metabolism's kind of in the tank, right? You're, you're sore, you're uncomfortable, you have no stamina. You don't have much clarity of thought. It's hard for you to focus and, and move, right? So it's like, it's not, not the visual piece, it's the story. It's literally who you are as a person. You're, you would never put sugar in your gas tank of your car. Why? That freaks you out but you're happy to put sugar and shit into your body, but that's messing you up too. I was saying it yesterday, we don't think of it this way, but you, what you're putting in your mouth is your main exposure to the world, right? There's three exposures to the world you have. Your skin, right? But if you take your skin and iron it out, it's you know, the size of a, you know, a couple square feet. Um, your lungs are second, we iron all them out, you know, it's the size of a half a tennis court. And then we take your digestive tract, right? We iron that out and, and it's enormous. So your main exposure to the world, if we turn ourselves inside out, you know what I mean? We'd be, you know, 50 feet tall if we were just our intestines turned inside out. Is that making sense to you? Because that, that that's what I'm saying. Like, um, you know, if there's acid rain coming down in your skin, you're freaking out. But if we put shit into our body, we don't want to think about it. We should, <laughs> you know? Anyways, so it's affecting every area of your life. Everything that's important to you in your life, anything that matters to you in your life is being directly impacted because of your weight. And again, it's not because of how you look. It's because of how you're living and how you're feeling. <clears throat> so that's how you, it's not that you stop obsessing over it. I am obsessed with my health, my happiness, my success. I am obsessed with it. But even obsessing with my health, I'm obsessed with my health holistically. I'm not just obsessed with my physical health. I'm obsessed with my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And so my obsession also causes me to balance it. Now that sounds weird, right? Because obsessive sounds not balanced. But I believe like the, the thing that makes weight loss so hard is it's almost, it's a managed addiction. It's a very unique thing in life because most things we're kind of addicted to, we can just abstain from. Um, but when it comes to weight, we're still interfacing with the addictive substances. So it requires a, a very unique solution. And I think it's one where we have to manage the addiction. We're, we're, we're eating sugar, we're eating carbs. So how do we manage it? How do we manage it? Not just abstain from it, you know? And I think that, um, that starts to help you when you start to approach it that way, you realize you, you need a unique solution here. You know, you need a better strategy. Um, hope that helps. <laughs> Karen says orange, right? Uh, I didn't say it. I didn't say it today. I didn't say it. I finally did it. I finally said a different word. It wasn't so hard. <laughs> My worst habit is eating at night and I don't know how to stop. Any ideas? Oh, do I have ideas? Do I have ideas? That was my worst eating habit when I started. Um, but here's my idea to you. The first thing you do, the big mistake a lot of dieters make is they try and change everything all at once, right? You're gonna change 100% of your eating starting tomorrow. Uh, no, you're not, you know, not for long. So I think a more strategic approach is again, you, you focus on the worst and first. That's the worst and first strategy. You focus your attention on your worst eating habit and on your first eating of the day. Um, the worst eating habit, you go at it, you don't just stop it. God, for, imagine that, right? You have three options. The first step is you become aware of it, right? Because you're eating at night, but you don't even know why you're eating at night. 
There's a reason why you're eating at night. You might be over-restricting during the day. You might be bored at night and eating at night is your entertainment. You might be stressed out and overwhelmed and by the time you get home, eating at night is your relaxation and unwinding, okay? So the first thing I know is why are you eating at night? And it's a combination of things, not just one thing. Um, but we wanna understand why you're eating at night and we wanna be strategic about it. And then we wanna realize we got the three R's of weight loss, reduce, replace, remove. Now what most people wanna do, oh, I'll eat at night, I gotta stop it. They just go to remove. Why? It's the fastest results, but it's also the hardest, okay? So if you could just stop, you would have already stopped and done it, okay? But if you wanna go that route again, go ahead. But if it stops working, remember, you got two other options, right? You can replace and reduce. Those are two options too. And so, I don't know, say eat ice cream at night. Well, how much ice cream do you typically eat? Let's cut it, let's cut it down by 30%, get used to that, and we'll cut down by another 20%. You start that path. Um, you could take ice cream and then, I don't know, replace it with popsicles. You know, again, it, it's just, you want to get creative, but the point is it's trial and error. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like dieters just think like tomorrow I'm going to be perfect. And I, there's no growth. There's no evolution. There's no new strategy. There's no solutions you developed, you know? So it's like, it took me months to overcome my nighttime snacking, but I kept trying different things to see what would work for me. And then I finally figured out what works for me. And now here I am 30 years later, I never eat at night. So, you know what I mean? If you if you can get yourself willing to resolve problems, to find real solutions to the problems, then it, it's like an antidote. See, you're not even thinking about antidotes. You think, as a dieter, you think, oh, I'm gonna have to fight against my nighttime snacking for the rest of my life. And it feels so overwhelming, you just, you can't even imagine doing that and you give up, you know? But I look at it as eating at night as one habit. It's triggered, it's very specific, it's very cue dependent. It's gotta be a certain time of day. You're in a certain place. There's certain people or not people there. There's certain foods that you're eating. It's very, very specific what you're doing. And so the more we understand it, the more elegant the solution we can come up for it. And once we figure out the perfect solution to it, it we fix it and we move on to the next thing. You're not, you don't think like that though as a dieter. Right? You just think, okay, tomorrow, Monday's coming up. I got to do everything. Well, no, not this week because it's Christmas and all. Oh, not the weekend. Okay, so January 1st comes, then I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to start my plan. I'm going to be perfect with my eating. 2024 is going to be my year. I'm going to be perfect with my eating starting January 1st. Yeah, well, spoiler alert. No, you're not. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Advice on being patient. It really gets to my head. Yeah, Brenda, that's a great, great question. I can talk about patience all day. I actually created a program called uh, Instant Patience. And I, I, you know, I made this a program year ago, years ago. But it's a funny story because I went um, and made that that program, and uh, it, it, so I made the program. I was I was recording the hypnosis sessions for the patient sessions, and then um, I went out. My wife and I went out with another couple to a restaurant, and they were way understaffed, and we were just sitting there like for a long time, and like they were kind of freaking out. I was just sitting there, I was so calm and patient. So th- my my point of telling that story is that patience, relaxation, emotions. Uh, you can practice feeling them. You say, oh, I'm an impatient person. Well, okay, but you can be, you can develop patience. You know, you really can. And so um, how do you be more patient? I think with weight loss, the way to become more patient, the, the most important way is to realize that getting to your goal weight is not the finish line. It's the starting line. You know, I think a lot of people, and, and the diet industry really promotes this. It, it's called the false hope syndrome. This idea that you're going to start your plan tomorrow, you're going to be perfect with it, you're going to get to your goal weight, and then you're just going to magically stay there the rest of your life, you know? And um, it's not true. Uh, you always have to 
I was just saying this earlier, you know, like I broke my foot and got COVID the last three, four months. Those are all things that throw me off track. I had to adapt to them, manage them, you know? Um, so the reason I say that is that you have to stop thinking about your weight loss as a temporary thing. That's why you're impatient. You know, like if I say, oh, you know, mastering your weight is a never ending marathon. Like that, that you feel that, that your response, oh, oh it's a marathon. But you think it's a never-ending marathon because you think, and it's, it sucks because you think you have to diet the whole time. Because if I flip the question around and say, Brenda, how long do you want to live at your goal weight for? Right? Once you once you lose the weight, how long do you want to keep it off for? And I can hear you saying forever, right? So what's the rush? What is the rush? The weight loss phase is just a phase, folks. Right? It's only going to take you a couple weeks, months, or years to lose the weight, and then you get back to your goal weight. And now we stay here forever. So if it takes you three months instead of two months, if it takes you a year instead of six months, if it takes you two years instead of a year, who gives a shit how long you've been trying to lose weight for? That's my other piece of, of advice, right? The most impatient people losing the, the least amount of weight. How long you've been trying to lose weight for? How long you've been impatient? How much weight you lost the last six months, the last year with all that impatience, you know? Like sometimes looking at it that way can be helpful as well, you know? But but you get the, 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 you're hitting the nail on the head in terms of developing patience and calm is probably one of the most valuable things you can do for your weight and health and happiness, you know? It's really like a superpower, you know? So part of it is how you're framing things and thinking about things. And then part of it is literally creating the physiology, the neural connections of being more patient and relaxed. <laughs> LOL, it hurts finding you're live after binging. Okay, well, let's take the pain away. Um, it's fine if you just binged. I'm happy you just found me because what do we do? How do we stop binging? Well, it all starts right after you stop binging. And it's not, the way you stop binging is not to stop binging. That's not the first step. The first step to stop binging is to relax and look back at why you binged in the first place. So Jay, this is perfect for you if you're still here because now it's fresh in your mind. And what I want you to do is I want you to go before you put anything in your mouth, where were you at? Why did you start binging? Was it because you were really hungry? Had you been over restricting and now you were so hungry you couldn't stop yourself from overeating? Were you super emotional? Right? Is there some emotional thing triggered you off? You got pissed off. You fuck, I don't care what I do. And you just, ah, rah, 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 rah. right? You want to not just stop the binge. You want to understand it. What led to the binge? Binges don't just magically happen, folks. There's a pattern to it. And the first step of figuring out binges is to understand what triggered it. How are you going to resolve it if you don't understand what's causing it? And you don't understand what's causing it, I promise you. Because your whole approach has been, I gotta stop binging. I gotta stop binging. I gotta stop binging. Ah, shit, I just binged again. I gotta stop binging. I gotta stop binging. I gotta stop binging. Right? And you're not getting anywhere with it. You've been binging for years. So I'm glad you just binged. It's fine. Again, what did I say? Mistakes are your greatest teachers. You just binged. This could be the turning point of your whole weight control right now. Because you're like, holy shit. And you look back and like, oh my God. I keep over restricting. I didn't eat anything breakfast, lunch, and in, in the afternoon. And I got to the evening. I was so hungry. I, I could have eaten anything. Holy shit. I keep doing this. I get myself so hungry. I keep overeating. 
You see? Because what most dieters are saying, I'm a bad person. I shouldn't have binged. I got to stop binging. I got to stop binging. I got to stop binging. But you keep running a strategy that, that, of course, sets you up to binge, right? What better way to binge than to not eat breakfast, lunch, and try not to eat as long as you can? There's no better strategy to be a binger, you know? But figure out why you binged. You know, once you figured it out, like, again, that, that moves you down the path. Yep, Jody says my relationships have improved 100%. Yeah, Jody was talking, Jody's in the program. And again, I, I try and point out the side effects. And again, I always like to, uh, you take your weight loss, you wrap it in personal development because you mean the main goal is not losing weight. The main goal is being the best version of yourself possible. I just had, a, we were doing a coaching call yesterday and um, one of the people in it, we were talking about what is the real goal here? And the goal for her, she goes, I want, she, she's very spiritual, right? She goes, I want to be spiritually guided. I want to feel like this spiritually guided version of me. That's the part, that's the version of me I love the most. And so all of a sudden, you know, someone had been struggling with weight for decades. We reframe the whole process. It's not about losing weight. That hasn't been working. It never really is enough motivation. But how about the motivation of wanting to be this spiritually guided person, right? Compare the motivations to that, right? They're two totally different qualities of motivation. So if you make this about being the best version of you possible, and again, it's di that's different for each person, right? But what would be the best version of you that you can be? What would that look like? What would that feel like? Who would that version of you be? And now we make that the goal. Now, of course, the best version of you is going to weigh what you want to weigh, is going to have a good relationship with food, is going to have a good level of health. And so now it becomes part of that. It's still part of that, but it's not the main focus. When you make weight the main focus, you're on the wrong path because the weight is just a means to an end. Weight and money are very similar in the sense that just because you have money, just because you weigh your goal weight doesn't mean you're happy. If you're starving yourself to be at your goal weight, that's a miserable quality of life. You see, so we can't aim at the weight. We have to kind of like, we're almost being tricky here with our mind. We have to kind of systematically look at something else that's also going to get us our weight. And that's the ideal you. Because now when we focus on the ideal you, it's not just a weight. Because a lot of times people just taking their weight and like separating from every other aspect of their life. And what we want to do is what, what would your life be like if you were at your best? Like in every way, your weight's going to be at where you want it to anyways. But there's so much more meaning to this process now. And listen, change is hard. You know, again, in the program, a big part of what we do is, is shifting your identity and self-image. Right? That's a big part of the process. And so it's not just I'm a thin person. It's that you're this calm, relaxed, um, action-oriented, um, healthy eater, uh, feeling good, energized, motivated. You know I mean? like, again, I'm making up things that are important to me. I'm going to reflect my own values. But you figure out what's most important to you in your life, and that's what we're making this process about. And the weight loss is just one piece of it. And so now you've automatically made it more motivating. So I hope that makes sense. And so Jody, she was talking about that one of the calls that even her relationships have improved a lot. Why? Because she looks different now? No, because she's more relaxed. She's more calm. She's more present. She's got more energy to support people. You know, she's got a better sense of humor now. She's more, you know, calm and, and just centered. And she's got all those good qualities are coming out now, right? Because she's got a better relationship with food. She feels better about herself. Things are more manageable. She feels more relaxed because she's dealing with her emotions in a genuine way. You see what I'm saying? Um, so it, it's more than that. Um, Mal says, I can't stop eating at night. Um, 
anyone can stop eating at night. I, I, I go at this in a bunch of different ways. I mean, I know, I know what you mean, um, but that I'm a big fan of semantics and meanings of words, right? So when we say I cannot stop eating at night, that's not accurate. Do you know what I mean? Again, I, I do the thing like if I if I said I'll give you a million bucks tomorrow if you don't eat tonight, would you be able to stop eating tonight? You know? Yeah, right? So it's not that you can't stop eating at night. It's that it's not that's technically not right. Semantics matter. Meaning is is real, right? So I can't stop eating at night. That's not accurate. You know? And so we need to be accurate because we say, well, I don't have the motivation to stop eating at night. I'm more motivated to eat the food than I am to lose weight. Okay, great. That's a way more accurate description of things, you know? And now once we're more accurate, now we can come up with a, a real solution. Because if you say, I can't stop eating at night, that's a phrase of powerlessness, right? You're saying, no matter what I do, I can't stop eating at night. Now it's not true, but if you believe it, it just, it means there's nothing I can do. I can't stop eating at night. And your brain just stops. It just accepts that. You know, so that's why I go to the extreme and say, well, if I gave you a million dollars, if you don't eat tonight, would you struggle to eat tonight? Or would it be the easiest not eating at night you ever had? And why, by the way, let's just go in depth with that a little bit more because it's pretty revealing. Let's just say this person goes, I can't stop eating at night. And I don't know if you answered this question because are you still here? No, um, I don't know if you are or not, but I can't stop eating at night. What if I give you a million dollars tomorrow? Okay, I could stop eating tonight pretty easy, right? Why would it be easy now, right? Well, clearly the million dollars is really pleasurable and it's like you're, you're focused on that now because before the million dollars, the food was the most pleasurable thing you had to look forward to, right? And so now you got something more pleasurable after it. I don't care about the food. I got a million bucks coming to me tomorrow, right? So how do you get through the night without eating easily? Because your mind's fixated on the new pleasure you're gonna get of getting a million dollars, right? So this really comes down again, this explains the mindset piece. Now, no one's gonna give you a million bucks if you don't eat tonight. But me personally, I'll take living at my goal weight, being a healthy, happy version of me over a million bucks. If you said, Jim, I'll give you a million bucks if you put a hundred pounds on tomorrow. You wake up a hundred pounds heavier and out of control with your eating. No, thank you. No, thank you. But that's how much I value my health, my longevity. You know, where are you at with that? So this is what I'm trying to say. You can manipulate all this stuff though too. That's the amazing part. Motivation's malleable, you know? Once you learn the science of motivation, you understand how to motivate yourself, everything gets easier. Uh, Fatima says, I just signed up. Looks great so far, love it. Awesome, great job, Fatima. Good job taking action. Folks, go do it. While it's fresh on your mind, just follow me. You know, at least get, get me in your life. That's what you wanna do. Again, we wanna like take actions that take care of themselves in the future. So if you take the 10 seconds to follow me on TikTok, if you take the 30 seconds it takes to go and opt in for the, the self-hypnosis session and the training I give you, I email you every day, positive, supporting, encouraging things that, that teach you how to think in a new way. And so every day, if you take that 30 seconds now for the foreseeable future until you decide you don't want to hear me anymore or you master your weight, every day I'm going to touch base with you. Do you, you see what I'm saying? So 30 seconds now and for the rest of your, as long as you want, I'm gonna be there helping you and guiding you, reminding you, helping you, encouraging you, supporting you, you know? So good job, Fatima. Regina says, I cannot stop thinking that if I eat something wrong, I've ruined everything. Yeah, of course, Regina. That's how all dieters think, right? So I'll, I'll give you the, the dieter sprint spiel. Um, 
you dieters think of weight loss as a temporary thing. I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. That causes people to think, okay, if it's temporary, right, I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. What's the fastest way to get this over with, right? It's a temporary thing. Let's just get it over with. So the fastest way to get it over with is some extreme plan, right? And so you're thinking of your weight loss like a sprint, right? It's a short-term thing where I'm going to do it and I'm, I'm going to win it. Now, if you think about a sprint as a race, the nature of a sprint is that you you need to be perfect, right? If you're running a sprint and you trip a little bit, you lost the race, right? You need to be 100% perfect to win a sprint. A marathon's different, right? Marathon's longer. So if you trip a little bit out the gate, you can make up for it. There's time to make up for it, right? But the sprint's short and you need perfection. So you as a dieter, think about your weight loss like a sprint. And one of the subconscious negatives of that is that any mistake you make feels catastrophic, you see? And so Regina, now you're at the point now where it's like you're always thinking about the wrong foods because the second you eat the wrong food, it feels like, I blew it. Right? Because you're doing this strict plan. I'm not going to eat any carbs starting. I'm going to go keto tomorrow. No carbs. No carbs. Right? So you've been eating tons of carbs your whole life, but starting tomorrow, you're going to completely change how you eat. No carbs. And so you don't eat any carbs for five days. And the fifth day, you eat a cookie. I blew it. What did you blow? Your, your eating has been 90 fucking 7% better than it's been the last six months. And you feel like a failure, though. So what more evidence do we need that everything is mindset? I get this all the time because again, you know, another related thing to that is that people have crazy expectations how much weight they're going to lose, you know? And so again, it's diet ads. You've been exposed to millions of diet ads in your life. And so your expectation of what you're going to lose is, is not accurate. And I have had so many people, the, the classic one, and he's going to see this, but, um, this is the most egregious one of all that I've ever heard. He goes, I'm in, I bet I was, I was in a seven month plateau. And I said, okay. And he goes, yeah, I only lost 10 pounds. Motherfucker, that's not a plateau. That's a, it's a slow decline, maybe, but it's not a plateau. A plateau is flat. I was expecting him to say, I, I don't lose any weight. Lost 10 pounds. Now that's already on top of like, he's already lost 40, 50 pounds. So he's, he's, you know, he's in that runway towards the, the goal weight. You know, but again, our expectations of what we're going to lose are skewed. And so you have been set up by the diet industry because the diet industry is the food industry. Okay. So you've been set up the way you think about your weight. It's like walking a tightrope, you know, and it feels that way. The second you eat the wrong thing, it's off track. Again, that is the biggest, to me, that's the biggest day-to-day -day pitfall that you've got because you're going to make mistakes. And the biggest blind spot, the biggest tool missing in your toolbox is that you don't know how to recover from a mistake, which is why program yourself then the most important part of the program is the program yourself then technique, which is a one, two minute self-hypnosis technique you do at night. And it's really, it's the redo technique, the rehearsal technique. And it is built literally because it allows you to learn from your mistakes because you're going to make lots of mistakes. So putting all your attention and focus onto not making mistakes is silly because you're going to make them. The smart way is to say, okay, I'm going to make mistakes. How do I learn from them? And how do I get myself back on quickly, back on track quickly? That's the secret to getting amazing results. And you don't, you don't know that secret, <laughs> to be honest. You don't know how to get yourself back on track. Um, how do I know if I have a thyroid issue? Uh, I would suggest go talk to your doctor. I'm sure they got tests that, that will check that out and things that could let you know. Um, what's your opinion on intermittent fasting? 
Uh, intermittent fasting is fine. I mean, it's just a tactic. You know, again, no, no one tactic is going to get you the results you want. Okay. Um, you, you want to take things that work for you, discard the rest and creating your own one of a kind plan. Uh, I use intermittent fasting to some degree. I usually don't, I usually take a, a 12 to 14 hour break every day, you know, from eating. I usually stop eating around six, seven, start eating around seven, eight on average. Um, there's nothing magical about 16 hours. It's just a strategy to consume less calories. You know, that's what every diet is. Every single diet is just a strategy to reduce calories. All right. So build around the ones that resonate with you. So if you've tried intermittent fasting and you love it, great. Build around that. If you tried intermittent fasting and it was the worst thing you ever did, then let it go. There's a, you can lose weight a million different ways. Okay. So optimize your weight loss around what works best for you. Right. There is no magic way. Kara says, I overeaten this night, but at least I stopped myself from going further with food. Yeah, great job. That's what I mean. Once you get into that mindset, ah, shit, I overate, but then I stopped myself. In, in the program, we call that minimizing the damage, right? It's especially useful during the holidays and vacations. Um, you're not going to follow some perfect eating plan, but we don't want to completely go, you know, bonkers either. So we kind of walk that middle ground. We're, oh, okay, I'm eating, you know, I'm drinking more and I'm eating more than I typically do, but I'm also not going crazy with it. You know, so great job. Again, we always look to highlight our successes, even when they're, you know, seemingly to us relatively small. So great job. Um, Painter ML, love the money comparison to motivation. Do a talk on malleable motivation sometimes, please. Yeah, sure. I mean, motivation, that's the first thing we start with in the programs. Motivation, it's the engine that drives the whole car, you know? So it's like, and you don't have good motivation, most likely. Most likely. And so once you understand how to motivate yourself, that's, that does most of the heavy lifting, to be honest. You know, Regina says you're being really helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. All right, everyone, we get out of here. Um, I wasn't even planning on being here this long, but okay. Again, if you don't follow me on TikTok, follow me. Right, just hit the old follow button. Then I'm in your life. Benjamin <laughs> says I could always use more motivation. Yeah, of course, right? Everyone can always use more motivation for sure. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, again, we the podcast is program yourself. Then you can hear all the platforms. If you have not gotten into my email world. Go to my bio, click the link, take the 10, 15 seconds it takes to opt in and, and fill out. There's like five questions that customize a session for you. Um, it takes a couple minutes to send you that session. So I send you a training, three steps to master your weight as soon as you opt in. It's about a half hour. You should watch it. It's it's everything I'm talking about in a system form. Okay. Um, yeah. Is that everything? That's everything. All right. And have a super duper weekend. All right. Thank you, everyone. And we will talk soon. Bye.